Episode 9, The Paul George Show, welcomes Brian Greenfield. I have a lot of friends that are white, and, and I know that they love me, but they just see things differently. It's just the way that they were raised versus the way that I was raised. The Paul George Show! Welcome to The Paul George Show, talking empathy, racial tension, and potato head costumes. A co-production of Christ Our King Radio and Breadbox Media, here's your host, Paul George. Welcome to the show. It's great to be with you today. It's Paul George in studio. Casey Trahan, CT, what's going on, man? How's it going, sir? So we've been talking about nicknames, and I'm still trying to come around the right nickname for you. So just hold off, okay? Keep trying. I got one for you. What? P-Jizzle. P-Jizzle? Yeah, because you're like... 90s to the core even though you were like 30 <laughs> you were you were trying to be hip in the 90s <laughs> look i never tried to be hip i just i was always about a decade behind honestly like if i could just be honest with that so p jizzle's the perfect name yeah yeah i'll just stick with that forever and you, and like all things it comes back in yeah pgz like bell bottoms came back in at one time and then i remember paisley's came back in at one time like everything just comes Comes full, full circle. Yeah, exactly. So, Casey, have you seen uh, this video online of Jimmy Fallon from The Night Show? There's, um, a, there's a lot of videos. Of yeah, Jimmy so Fallon. this one in particular, because I, I love it around fall, uh, people start doing stuff, uh, you know, with Halloween. Okay. Okay, so uh, he gets a GoPro cam and puts it around his chest, and then it's facing him. Okay. Uh, and then he's got Perpetual this comedian, uh, Kevin Hart, and they go through one of the like scariest haunted houses okay. and they're recording themselves. I haven't seen this. It's hysterical. So, um, I think you and I should actually do that and film it. <laughs> okay. Just have the, again, the selfie going a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. We could video. The, Would you, the 13th gate? Are you afraid of stuff like that? Oh my goodness. Yes. I, I don't think I can, you, you'd see me cry or vomit or okay, not good stuff. What, what would I have to do to convince you to go? Not much. I mean, I'd still probably do it. You I, would man up, but yeah. you would still be afraid. Now, look, I got to... Pimp myself out for some fame. Yeah, I, I admit, I am. <laughs> I don't like those things. I hate being scared. Um, but if you were like, I dare you, then I would go. Right. Uh, but the whole time I would be scared. And one time I went through a haunted house because my friends dared me to go. How um, old were you? I, I was almost an adult. <laughs> Can I just say that? <laughs> I was supposed to be an adult. Got it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So I was going through the haunted house and some dudes jumped out like and scared me, you know, with a chainsaw, like jumped out and he jumped so close to me, scared me. And my reaction, I just reacted. I didn't think. I just, it was instinct. I punched him. <laughs> I punched the scary dude like right in the face. And he was like, oof, like it hurt him. And I just, I just kept going, and and you know what? You I just kept walking. I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> it has to be part of the job description for those guys. I don't feel bad about it because I thought he deserved that. He scared me, <laughs> but I'm sure he's thinking that's the whole point. The whole point is that do people like being scared? That's yeah. what I. Yeah, some people just get like like an overjoyed. Adrenaline. Yeah, okay. it's a rush. like people go to scary movies. Like I would never pay, you know, ten bucks to go be scared. At a movie. I just can't do it. But the, some people, like, there's an adrenaline to it. I'm still stuck on the fact that you punched the guy. I wonder how often they get punched. Those those 
actors. Like, I don't they, know, but you don't want to be punched by someone like if it's a kid or someone like. Yeah, exactly. You were again a, a physically grown man at this point. <laughs> right. I know. I heard him, and I sort of feel bad, <laughs> but I don't really because he really, he really did scare me. Like, like I, I freaked out. So anyway, this whole idea of Halloween and and, and dressing up it's interesting because you're a millennial, Casey. Um, do do you as parents? Uh, do you dress up with your kids? Like, is that a thing? Yeah, I mean, look, I if I didn't have kids, I'd probably still dress up. Okay. But with the kids, I have a great excuse. This year, I'm going to be Mr. Potato Head, and I have I have three. So you don't need a dress up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically just some stickers that I put on my shirt. But my kids are going to be Jesse, Woody, and Buzz, and so my wife and I are going to be Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. That's hysterical. Like, okay. It's adorable is what it is. Uh, please take pictures so I can throw darts at it. This is this is so funny. Like, okay, so this is something that I would never do. <clears throat> Why? I don't know if it's a generational thing. Uh, I don't know if it's a personality thing. Dress up's fun. Uh, but I would never dress up with my kids for Halloween. And, if, and I experienced this because a few years ago we got invited to uh, a Halloween thing and to take our kids to a neighborhood, you know, to get candy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I took my two youngest, because my oldest wouldn't want to go. And so I'm standing there next to this guy who's dressed up like Darth Vader. He's got a Darth He's having a good time. He's living life, He's a man. grown man. <laughs> All right? He is a lawyer in town. <laughs> okay? So I, 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 I'm trying to get used to it. And then, you know, h- how long can you walk the streets getting candy before you're like, Larry, so how's life? You know? like, uh, and And he's responding answering back to me with this darth vader mask and finally it's like i cannot do this look you you used to work with uh, a clergyman that i am pretty sure if given the opportunity would dress as darth vader for halloween he is darth vader has no children obviously right and he would still do it so i don't know if it's a generational thing i just don't think you're part of the the geek club maybe maybe that's it i don't know we're different that's great please take <laughs> pictures we'll, i want to post Casey as Mr. Potato Head. And for you to look like a potato, you're going to have to gain a lot of weight. I'm going to stuff the shirt with some pillows. Speaking of potatoes. How are you going to tie that one in? I will. <laughs> Speaking of potatoes, did you see this in the news that uh, McDonald's wants to put a restaurant in Vatican City? They call yeah, it. I did. And uh, I get it now. French fries, potatoes. That's clever, Paul. You're clever. I, I am. <laughs> They're calling it the McVatican. And this is, this is a real deal. And here's what's... Okay, there's a lot of things that are fascinating about this story. But I think the thing that's most fascinating, besides the menu I'm going to get to, is the fact that there are cardinals who are, like, fighting over whether or not this should happen or not. So, like, one cardinal's like, the food's bad for you. It should not, you know, happen. And one cardinal's like, who cares? (laughs) And one cardinal's like, it's going to bring in revenue. We can rent the building out for, like, $30,000 a month. And another one's like... You know, is like the architecture doesn't match, and they're like going back and forth, and this is is like, like okay, there are people dying in the world. Oh man! And you guys are fighting over McDonald's, but this this is sort of like a, um, you know, it, it's going against tradition and trend, right? Right, and that's that, that. If if there were some camps, I would definitely fall on the one and be like, no, Mickey D's in yeah, Vatican. Look, and and I'm a big inside, and I agree with you. Like this has got to be weird for everyone. It's just funny. That they're actually arguing about this. Yeah. 
ascend it on the fast food restaurant. Pope Francis would probably just walk right out of the Vatican, walk into McDonald's, <laughs> and order a, something. Yeah, right, because he could care less. Right. <laughs> no, no, he'd order something and go give it to someone on the street, because that's Pope Francis. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I was actually thinking about this. Like, what what would be some menu items on the McDonald's uh, in the Vatican? So, like, a specifically catered menu yeah, in like, the Vatican? Yeah, like, I would love... I would love, you know, a great job for me would be to be on their creative team, to think of like a a menu that would be all like, you know, tied into like the church, the Vatican, okay, like, okay. like Vatty Nuggets. Vatty Nuggets. Like, would you buy that? I don't know. A don't big know Vatty Mac? That's hilarious. A big Vatty Mac. Is, is this spelled with D's or with T's? It doesn't matter. I'm not into spelling. All right. So what else, what's on this list? What's on your Well, menu? I haven't really thought much about it, but I'm thinking about it now. Like a like a Mick Pope pounder? <laughs> what, you don't have one, do you? I don't even know how to respond to this. It's like I'm not even sure whether to take it seriously or not. Would I order a Mick Pope pounder if I'm in the Vatican when in Rome, do as the Romans do? And in this particular point in time, the Romans are ordering Big Vatty Max. Okay, so have so. you ever traveled to Italy? Never. So I have one defense of the McDonald's. What's that? Okay. Uh, so you go to Italy, particularly Rome, whatever. The the um, fast food restaurants, McDonald's that we would have here, are they're actually nice. Like they're they're clean. They're almost like a um, the ones almost, in Italy. You mean? Yeah, they're oh. almost like a sit down restaurant. Hmm. Uh, it's like totally different feel than like the fast paced fast food run through run out type scene then that we have the here. What's the point? Well, you get your food faster. Oh. But it's just it just looks different. You have to go to experience it. You're like, wow, this is amazing. So anyway, that would be my only defense. But I would I I think they should hire me to come up with a creative menu. I think the Cardinals would be happy because there would be like this theology built within the menu, and then they would sell a lot, and then it would all be it would be a win win. The new evangelization. I've been trying this whole time to think of something to put on your menu, and I just can't do it. The, the Swiss cheese guard. It's the best, it's the best <laughs> I got. Casey, seriously? This is why we can't think of a nickname for you. You're just not hipster enough. You're not cool enough. I, I don't know. You're dressing up as a potato for <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> hipster cred out the window. Like, like seriously, I... I why, why doesn't why doesn't Marty, your wife, consult with me about the Halloween costumes? Like at least you could be like uh, Captain America. That's so overdone. But you're I, a potato. I guarantee you, I'm you're not gonna be a potato. I guarantee you, I'm not gonna run into anybody on the street dressed the same as me. A spud. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be a, a potato. Yep. Okay. I stand by it. All right. So anyway. Uh, got a great guest for the show today, a guy named Brian Greenfield from one of the coolest ministry names I've, I've ever heard, Hard as Nails Ministries. I mean, this is intense. Nice. And this guy is most legit uh, speaker I've met, most authentic guy. He's going to be a great interview, so you got definitely got to stick around uh, as we talk to Brian Greenfield today. But I want to end with this quote, this segment, before we go into the next segment, by St. Ignatius of Antioch. It says, Christianity is not a matter of persuading people of particular ideas, but of inviting them to share in the greatness of Christ. So pray that I may never fall into the trap of impressing people with a clever speech, but instead I may learn to speak with humility 
desiring only to impress people with Christ himself. We'll be right back. It's Paul George here. Welcome back to the Paul George Show, a co-production of Christ Our King Radio and Bread Box Media. We'll hear from our guest, Brian Greenfield. Welcome back to the show. This is Paul George. Uh, great to be with you today. Thanks for listening in. Got Casey Trawhall in studio with me. And as noted, got uh, my good friend Brian Greenfield in uh, on the phone. Brian, how are you, bro? I'm good, man. I'm excited to be with you. Thanks for taking the time, Brian. You're in between classes. You're a teacher. You work for a ministry called Hard as Nails Ministry, H-A-N-M dot O-R-G. Um, so here's a question for you, bro. Uh, do you dress up Halloween or, or don't you? Uh, I dress up as a, a dad and I dress up as a teacher and an evangelist. That's, that's, that's my, my <laughs> usual costume. Thank you. You know. Thank you. Now, now we're from we're we're from the same generation, and so Casey and I were talking earlier in the show. Uh, so he's he's a younger guy with a family, and and he's straight up dressing up as a potato. <laughs> uh, God bless you, man. I mean, you know what? I, if you're going to dress up, you, you might as well just go all in. You got got to go all in. So the potato. <laughs> That's all in because ain't no coming back from that, there's, you know. So I'm I'm with you. God bless you, man. <laughs> there is no coming back from that, Brian. And what that's what I told him I was like, look, if you're gonna, this is all gonna be on the internet and it stays there. So just watch out what type of potato you're yeah. gonna be. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So anyway, thanks for taking the time, man. You're in between classes. Uh, you teach down in um, around Tampa, Florida. And then you travel and speak all over for, with Hard as Nails Ministries. Uh, what do you guys do with Hard as Nails? Um, so basically, with, with Hard as Nails, we try to bring the message, the gospel, evangelize um, in a way that the youth and the young adult can kind of hear it. Um, the culture that we live in is very in- intense and dynamic, unapologetic. So when we talk about uh, the message of Jesus Christ, when we're talking about the gospel, uh, we kind of try to be the same way, have, a, have energy, have passion about it, be intentional about the things that we say, bring an intensity to it because it's an intense message. And in an intense society, uh, that's how people hear things. Yeah, that's when you say, um, you say intense, the first time I heard of Heart as Nails ministry, when I, when I read the name, the first thing I thought was, that's intense. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, with the name, it, there's two levels, right? The first level hits the teenager. They hear Hard as Nails Ministries. And on um, that, like, like emotional level, Hard as Nails, tough guys, I want to be a tough guy, so I'm going to listen to them. Um, but then when you get to, like, the, the, the deeper meaning, what, what does it mean to be hard as nails? You're, you're hard as nails when at the end of the day you know that you're weak and your strength doesn't come uh, from from you. Your strength comes from God, and you don't fight for yourself. You're not just swinging in the wind at anything that comes your way. You fight for God now, and, and God gives you your meaning. So you, you find your strength in the midst of weakness, and you become hard as nails when you're able to admit that at the end of the day you're, you're, you're weak and you need a Savior to save you because you can't save yourself. So that's what it is. Amen to that, man. You've had an interesting journey um, you know, you're, you're in school in Seton Hall. You and I have been knowing each other for a long time. You have this, you know, conversion mm-hmm. or reconversion. 
you know, you finish your degree, then you go and, and you live in a religious life for a little while, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I was at the Franciscans of the Renewal. So you're out there preaching in, like, uh, Harlem, or what? So I was living in Harlem. Uh, they have a couple of houses throughout New York City. Uh, so I was in, like, formation. So I was just learning about the faith, and, you know, I was evangelized every so often. I had some amazing classes. Father Groshe- Benedict Rochelle was one of my uh, teachers, um, and it was just a, a great time of formation, a time of healing, uh, a time of clarity, a time of just formation, helping me to be like a man of God, something that most men don't get. Right. So then, then you kind of discern out, you go back to school, get your, a couple of master's degrees, you're married, you know, you got kids, mm-hmm. uh, and you're out there, you know, like you said, like in a world preaching the gospel, that's very unapologetic. So, you know, what do you see as this sort of this main crux of, of, evangelizing and, and trying to bring conversion out in, into the world? Um, I mean, with, with evangelization nowadays, what I see, um, it's just a lot of brokenness in people. Hmm. Um, and I think there's people that will run away from the brokenness and, 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 and not really address it. Um, and it, it sounds good. I mean, you can, you can do that. Right. Uh, but, I think nowadays you need people that are willing to go into the brokenness. You know, it's like a burning building. You see a building burning. There's some people that will tell you to stay away from the fire. Stay away from the fire. Don't go close. It's too high. You'll get hurt. But then you need those people that will run into the burning building to get the people out. Right. And I think we need more of those people that will go into the brokenness. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you're just listening, I'm talking to Brian Greenfield with Heart as Nails Ministry, H-A-N-M dot O-R-G. Uh, Brian, when you and I are together, and I and I get to, <clears throat> I love you know when we're around each other. First of all, because you're just one of the most authentic uh, men that I know. Um, but but two, there are people uh, who speak around issues and they they tiptoe around it, you know. Uh, and you go right for it. I mean, you just you nail the issue. You run. You you are that guy that's running into the fire to save people, and I love that man. Yeah, thanks, man. I mean, it, it, it's needed, right? I mean, you need, you know, people are not going to uh, open up their wounds to a person that they feel have hasn't been wounded in that same way. You know, I'm not. They're not going to show their scars if they feel that you're unscarred. So, you know, I always learned this that boasting about your triumphs makes competition, creates competition. Uh, but sharing your weaknesses uh, builds community. So, and that's what we we got to do. We got to build community. Now, you know, one of the things the last conference we were at, bro, is uh, I thought I need to get Brian a gift. Here's what I'm gonna get you. I need to get you a, a preacher's handkerchief, man. You know why? <laughs> why? Because <laughs> because when you preach, bro, you straight up sweat. Yeah, yeah, I'm a sweater. Yeah, you, yeah, you are. I mean, yeah. I mean, you get fired up. You go at it. I mean, I think you got to, right? I think, you know, I, I learned a while ago um, that you give it all that you got with the time that you got because you don't know when you're going to get that moment again, right? Right. And there's a tendency to, like, to hold certain things back and say, you know what, I'm going to say this later on or or at this talk, that's I'm going to get really fired up. And then it, that moment doesn't happen, and you've wasted the moment that you were given. So I just want to just give it what you got. Like leave it all uh, all out there, and um, yeah, just trust that the Lord will, is going to restore 
whatever you need for the next moment. Absolutely. So, you know, when you're not out, you know, speaking at conferences and stuff, I mean, you have a master's degree in theology and in, and in educational leadership. You teach um, at a high school and I know a lot of people listening, um, you know, a lot of times people ask me, you know, is there hope for this, this youth uh, generation, this younger generation? What do you see uh, with this generation of faith? I think there's definitely hope, but there's a lot of distractions. Hmm. Um, and they're not all bad distractions. And I don't think the enemy works in just bad distractions. I think the enemy knows, you know, what people are going to stay away from. But what the enemy will try to do is throw a whole lot of good things at you and make you feel that you have to do everything that comes your way. Hmm. And with the young people nowadays, you know, some of it's bad stuff, and, and but the bad stuff is easy to kind of uh, detect and kind of easier to remedy. Um, but the busyness of the young people nowadays, um, which puts them in a constant state of fatigue and makes it difficult for them to even hear the gospel message. Right. Um, that's something uh, that we need to kind of address, you know. Well, let me ask like you a question busyness. along those lines, because you're a teacher and you speak. How do you how do you get people at a point where they're they're willing to listen? You know what I'm saying? In a busy world where where there's more distraction than ever before, much more than when we were growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so so how, how do you get people to really tune in? I, I think being like real, being authentic and, and sharing your heart, not being afraid to share your heart. Hmm. Um, I've, I've learned that most people, they can take a, a certain amount of theology, but a lot of times, especially with young people, that doesn't bring about conversion. Hmm. Like for me and you, we hear theology and, and, and we love it. But for a young person who's trying to figure out who they are, or just a, an average everyday person that's just trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to pay this next bill? Where is God in the midst of this situation? If I tell them uh, the, the, the beauty of transubstantiation when they're trying to deal with their kid who's rebelling, yeah, it may do good on some level, but they need to know that, that they're not alone in that situation, or at least that they're not the loser that they kind of think that they are in that moment. So when you share your heart with people, when you go into that burning building and we don't shy away uh, from speaking bluntly with people and, and telling them like it is, um, but all out of love, then people begin to listen. Now, there's going to be some people that won't listen, but you can't really worry about that. You've got to be like the bus driver. There's going to be people that are going to get on. People that are going to get off, but you still got to drive the bus, you know. Um, but I think sharing your heart—that's that, that's the way to go. That's one. That's actually one job. I thought, you know what? When I get old, I want to be a bus driver. <laughs> Sounds like it, it, it looks like it can be fun. It could it, be it, fun. It's like non-stressful. I would put like headphones on, and I would just wouldn't care if kids were yelling in the back. <laughs> that would be, <laughs> you got absolutely that, yeah. That would be me. Look, when all my kids were small, we'd travel places, you know, and they're like throwing French fries at each other and and uh, yelling and screaming. I'd put my headphones in the in the minivan and we'd drive cross country, and I don't know, they're like peeing on themselves and stuff, and I didn't even care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, that's my life now, man. Exactly. You know, every so often, I'll, I'll turn around and be like, "Hey, hey, hey!" Yeah. And go back around. No head, yeah, headphones, so. bro. Sunglasses and headphones, man. Just go at anyway. <laughs> Uh, uh, talking to Brian Greenfield, Heart as Nails Ministry. Brian, uh, when we come back, man, uh, I want to get into, I want to shift gears and get into an important topic in our culture today, which is race. And your opinion as uh, an African-American 
uh, man of faith. We'll get into this topic when we come back. This is the Paul George Show. Welcome back to the Paul George Show, a co-production of Christ Our King Radio and Breadbox Media. More from our guest, Brian Greenfield. Welcome back to the show, Paul George. Great to be with you. Talking to Brian Greenfield, part of Nails Ministry. And uh, I've been having a great discussion. Uh, Brian, so, you know, I said, when you know, I get older and have that retirement job. I want to be a bus driver. Uh, what would you want to be? Not now. Like, you know, you're retired and you're like, man, I need to get out of the house and do a little something. Yeah. Um, people like us, I'd we're not going to retire anyway. We're going to have to work forever. Absolutely. But but in that world where I I am able to retire, uh, I would work at the Cheesecake Factory behind, like, the, the cheesecake and cake display. I'd, I'd be that guy that greets you and, and gives you the vanilla bean cheesecake or, or, or the big, huge chocolate. I, I, I'd be, that'd be a fun day for me. Now, is it because desserts make people smile, or is it because you would get a discount on that cheesecake? <laughs> It's a little bit of both. Desserts make people smile, and desserts make me smile. So you know, and being able to get a, the, the combination of both, you know, there it is, man. Oh, I love, I love it, man. We we're we're gonna grow old together, bro. So anyway, um, I wanted to shift gears. You and I have been friends for a long time, and you know, we there's never a topic that we're not willing to just talk about life. You know, our our heart brokenness, uh, the world. And, you know, in the last few years, but it's been longer than that, but I think it's just been in the media more lately, is this this whole, you know, racial division that's being projected in in, in our country, you know, and maybe in the world. How, how do you view it and see it um, from someone who is black, African-American, a man of faith with a family? What do you see uh, with this whole topic? Um. I don't know. It, it 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 it's scary for me, you know, because when I think about it, when I see it, uh, I think about not just me, but I think about my son, hmm. the world that my son is, is. He's six years old and he's so innocent, so pure-hearted, and, and I would believe that if anyone were to meet him, that they will love him. But when I see the way that the the culture seems to be going and and just the division, there's a fear that he's going to be judged for the color of his skin as opposed to who he is, you know, and if people won't give him the shot, uh, won't, won't, won't get the chance to know him. They'll just look at what he is and judge him based off of something else. So it, it, there's a lot of division going on. Hmm. Um, and it just, it just makes me nervous, man. Well, I, you know, I think, you know, I'd like to just throw this out there because I think a lot of people who aren't black will say, you know, I love everyone and there's really not that bias out there. But I don't think that's true. I think, as you're saying, like you're scared for your own son in a way of he might be judged. Mm-hmm. There's still a bias um, out there with race. Is there not? I think absolutely. And I think sometimes I, mean, I think we work hard against it. Um, sometimes it, it, it's things that are so subtle that we may not even be aware of you know mm-hmm. what i mean um it happens from the way that we've grown up from the things that we've heard uh from our experiences so yeah there, it can be true that there's a lot of people uh that see things differently that don't really see race um but i think it is always an issue it is always going to be something that we we have to struggle with until we decide as a people that you know we're sick of it we're done with it yeah um, and, I, I, and we can do that right 
Definitely. I, and But there is still that fear out there. And, and I'm glad you said that. I was watching an interview with a, with a, there was a, a white guy and a black guy. They were talking and they were friends. And the white guy said, you know, when I get pulled over by a cop, my immediate thought is that cop's here to help me. And the black guy said, when I get pulled over by a cop, my immediate thought is I'm getting in trouble. And yeah. that, that was just the difference. Like they were just being honest. Uh, and, and that was yeah. just sort of the view. Yeah, and, and I don't think it comes out of a, a malicious place, though. It's just the way that people were raised. You know, right. I, I have a lot of friends that that, that are white, um, and, and I know that they love me, but they just see things differently. It's just the way that they were raised versus the way that I was raised. So, you know, the, the guy who says he looks at a cop in, in a certain way and he says that they're coming to help him, he's versus an African-American guy that, that, that is a little bit more nervous. Um, it's not a malicious thing. It's just this is how you were raised. Right. Uh, with me nowadays, with everything that's been going on in the culture, I'll be honest with you, I get nervous because when you look at the people that have been hurt, you know, you know me, you know the way that I look. I'm a big black guy. So <laughs> I fit the profile perfectly. So, I mean, and there's no T-shirt that I can wear that says, I'm a Catholic evangelist. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. You know, and, and, and there's no teacher that, that just says that. When yeah. you, if you were to see me on the street, you're not going to know that. So I'll be honest with you. Nowadays, I'm a little bit nervous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think you brought up a good point. And, and maybe, um, you know, we can talk about some of those things. Like, what could we do, you know, um, as Christians, as people, to, to help bridge this bias, this divide that's out there? Because I think all of us who who, who want to love everyone, right? But I, th- I think you bring up a point that maybe could be our first point is this, is we see things differently, but where we're yeah. raised and our background, and, and that's fair enough. But I think one of the ways that we can begin to bridge the divide is we can begin to allow ourselves to see things the way someone else might see them or view them. Absolutely. Then that's what I was going to say. Uh, you know, that gift of empathy, man. And I think that's, you know, I think that's the only thing, man, the gift of, of, of I guess humility also, but, but true empathy, where I look at a person's situation and I, and I look at it and I enter into that situation. I right. put myself in that situation and I, and I listen to what this person is experiencing without judging it, without coming up with my own conclusion. I just sit and I listen to what this person is going through and I put myself in their situation hmm. without feeling threatened that's I think that's how we do it, and that's the thing that no one wants to do. It's like nowadays when you start talking about this, people like rev up with their response without actually listening to what a person is going through. And I think that when you listen to it, then you begin to realize that okay, what this person is saying and what you feel in your heart is is not that different, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, and that's what we have. A guy once told me, I think it was a priest. He said we have two ears and one mouth. And then we were given that God did that for a reason. You know, we can't come into a situation with a can-fix attitude based off of your own experiences. You got to go into a situation, you know, listening first, and then you know, pull from your pull from your life experiences, which is going to help cultivate that empathy to come to a solution that's you know, where where both parties feel encouraged and loved. Absolutely. You know, that's how Jesus did it. Yep. And, and and that's the whole point. I mean, empathy is 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 key. It's crucial. It and it's not ignoring uh the person's life or their heart or their situation. It's entering into it, right? So that you can exactly you can understand it and, and view it from their point of view. And and, and you nailed it. Hard as nails ministry. Uh is 
this is exactly what Jesus did. Uh, is he came into our world and and viewed it from our perspective and, and took on our life and brought it to the mm-hmm. cross. And when we can begin to view the world through the lenses of Christ, th- then we can really truly empathize and love people. Exactly. And we, at the end of the day, you realize this: when you look at it through the lens of Christ, you, we're, we're all broken, we're all hurting, you know. And in all of the anger, it, it comes out of a place of, of, of hurt, out of a place of frustration. And we come together and we realize that then the healing can start. But whenever you have a situation where you have people feel that feel like they're all together and there's this one group that's broken and it's just that group, whether it's a black person that thinks it's about white people, a white person thinks it's about that people, about uh, black people, um, the healing can't happen. Yeah, I, don't, I don't see it being, I don't see it working that way. Right sit down and empathize because there's stuff that I can learn from other races right. and there's stuff that other races can learn from me and, and sitting down and listening to it. It's not that I'm always right, but maybe, you know, the way that I'm looking things, I'm looking at things, maybe that isn't totally correct. And maybe you can help me out with that. And maybe together, you know, we can be that body of Christ and, and, and we can be brothers and, and, and get to where we need to be. Absolutely. Talking to Brian Greenfield, Hard as Nails Ministries, and we're talking about the whole racial issue, but ultimately it comes down to a heart issue. You know, this this change of heart, this conversion in our own lives. And when we have that conversion to Christ, Christ gives us the ability to love everyone. It doesn't matter what they mm-hmm. look like, what they're going through, what their skin color is, right? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Because, you know, at the end of the day, people are people. There's good people. There's not so good people. And, and, and good and bad, it doesn't have a color. You know, it's just, you know, it's in the heart of the person, and, and, and everyone's heart is the same color, right? Mm. It's, in, it's in that heart. So, I mean, it's good people, bad people in, in, everywhere, you know, so. Absolutely. So, I, you know, what I would say to people just in our conversation is, one, pray. Pray that you can really have a deeper conversion of Christ. Pray that you can love people and empathize with them and where they come from and, and what they deal with and, and their world. And and then you can begin to view their life through the lenses of God. And when we can do that, we can love authentically and effectively. And I know the media plays a lot in, into blowing things up. I know there's an issue out there, Brian. But what mm-hmm. I want to say is I, I, there is a lot of good out there. And there's a lot of love that's mm-hmm. happening between brothers and sisters of all different races. And I see that beauty happening all the time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is the, the encounter conference that, that we were at together, that is beautiful. You know, everyone was coming together because we all had the need and we were all together in the name of Christ, you know, right. black, white, everybody. We were all together and we all had a beautiful experience. What the enemy loves to do is work in lies and division. Yeah. Get us to fight amongst ourselves so that we can't fight the real battles. Amen. You know, because we're so exhausted with fighting each other. Um, and, 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 you know, and, and I think nowadays, he, he's getting to be pretty effective at that, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of hope because there's a lot of good people that are willing to be empathetic and willing to listen and willing to learn and want something positive, and they come at it from a place of selflessness, not selfishness. So you know, there, you know, there's a lot of good out there. So don't just stay hopeful. Don't don't fall into the the temptation of the darkness, but stay hopeful in the midst of all this stuff. Amen. So, Brian, thanks so much for coming on the show. You can find him at hardasnailsministry.org and or at Mission116 on Twitter. Brian, love you, bro. Thanks so much. Let's do it again. 
Absolutely. Anytime, man. Love you, man. All right. God bless. God bless. Welcome back to the Paul George Show, a co-production of Christ Our King Radio and Breadbox Media. Here's your host, Paul George. Welcome back to the show, Paul George, studio Casey Trawhan. Uh, thanks to Brian Greenfield for coming on the show. What a great interview, Casey, didn't you think so? Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, hopefully we'll have him back on. Uh, so thanks for listening today. You can always find the show at paulgeorge.la. Uh, got a radio page, podcast there, also some blogs, so check it out if you want to send the show to someone or whatever pass it along it is on there so casey six pack of questions i am ready for you today paul so which f- we we need a little uh like jingle for that man i'm gonna work on that you, right. next week we'll have a, a six pack of questions jingle can we have a six pack in here uh we'll, we'll see about that <laughs> to be determined all right here we go your first question all right so uh, Brian said he was with the Franciscans of the Renewal, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yep. So if you were to go back in time yep. and join a religious order, what order would that be? Oh, that's a great question, man. And look, you're asking these – you're firing these off, and I don't know what you have written down. Oh, yeah. This is and the great that's, that's thing. That's just number one. About um, – I would, I, would, I would do the original Jesuits, St. Okay. Ignatius. Loyola. Of Loyola and uh, Francis Xavier. Yep. Any particular reason? Um, well, first of all, I love the the spiritual exercises, their prayer, but I love the fact that that they learn a lot, they study a lot. So, anyway, uh, so yeah, I, I always had an appreciation for the the Jesuits, the just do it's. The just do it. All right. So you also said that you were going to get Brian a gift, uh, a preacher handkerchief. Is that what you called it? I did. I said pre- <laughs> preacher handkerchief. Preachy hanky, what gift do you need? What gift do I need? Mm-hmm. Um, like when I'm speaking? Just in general. Um, if someone were to get you a gift and send it to the show, what would you want? A new truck. <laughs> Realistically. Oh, re- About the same cost as a preachy hanky. Okay, so for the studio, either a new um, Yeti cup or a new like hoodie because it's freezing in this place, man. <laughs> I was going to get you some boot polish. All right. Number Real funny. Th- number three. All right. What were some of your high school distractions? Now, now going back to the first question, I, I love the Franciscans and the beards that they do. Right. Um, but the reason that I didn't say Franciscans, can I just be honest? Because he said it. No, because I can't <laughs> grow a beard. Aw, that's adorable. I know. So I, I could be a potato. So you're going to be a hairy potato because you have a beard. <laughs> okay, so what was the question? Gross. What were some of your high school distractions? Um, well, I, let's see. That That's interesting. I, I would, you know, looking back, hindsight's 2020, I would say that um, I probably put too much emphasis on extracurricular activities, sports, you know, stuff like that. You know, it was kind of like your life in high school. Mm-hmm. I don't know what high school is like. And you don't think there's any other world out there but your high school world. Yeah. And so I, I think probably I missed out on a little bit of time maybe with my family or or just having some fun. 
uh, outside of those activities. So I, I think that was probably more of a distraction at times, although I did enjoy it. I wasn't forced to do it. Uh, and of course there's normal teenage distractions, um, out there that, that, um, good answer. All right. Number four, he, uh, Brian said he would want to work at a cheesecake factory mm-hmm. because that's his, his dream retirement job. So in regards to cheesecake, what is your favorite dessert? Oh, strawberry shortcake. I'm not a dessert guy, but but yellow cake with strawberries and Cool Whip. If I could think of the least manly dessert, yeah, strawberry shortcake would be the top of that list. Yeah, no, I look. I'm just I don't. You can ask my wife. I eat dessert probably twice a year. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so here's here's the question I have for you. So say you eat dinner. Say it's like steak and baked potatoes. Okay. Since potatoes are a theme. <laughs> Stuck on potatoes today. Okay. And then and then there's dessert. Uh-huh. Okay. What's your favorite dessert? Brownie a la mode. Okay. So brownie with ice cream. Yeah. Okay. You like steak? Love steak. Okay. So do I. Okay. So, so there's steak and baked potato. All right. So you go to get dessert. You're still hungry. And you look and there's another steak there and there is brownie a la mode. What do you choose? If I've already eaten the steak, I pick the brownie. Okay, so that's the difference between you and I. I go, I see the brownie a la mode, I say, huh, looks good. And I look at the steak, and I said, even better, I'll eat a second one. That's what I do. Fair enough? Fair enough. So I would I would argue that my dessert is a second meal. <laughs> okay? Well, that's great for you. Okay, number five. <laughs> great for me. Yeah. Number five. Well, it's great for you because then there's more dessert for you. It all makes sense, Paul. You don't have to defend yourself. It's okay. I'm not. I'm Calm defending down. you. <laughs> yeah. Brian said that he he basically would need a T-shirt to say, it's okay. I'm a Catholic evangelist mm-hmm. because of people's perception of him. What would your T-shirt say? Um, my face is smiling even though it doesn't look like it because <laughs> I have like a angry resting face. Uh-huh. What people say. I think you told that. You said that about me. Like I well, used a couple of different words, but yeah. Yeah, when I walk in a room, you're like, ah, he doesn't look like a friendly guy. Yeah. You said that about me. So, so that that's your major concern is is my perception of you? No, I could care less. But what I would say is, you know, since the perception of him is like, oh, he was a black guy. Hey, I'm actually a nice guy. I'm a Catholic evangelist. Don't hurt me. What I would say is my face looks angry, but inside I'm smiling. Could, could my T-shirt say that? Sure, I'll make you a T-shirt, and it's gonna have your face on it, but smiling. It'll have your smiling face, even though you're resting. No, what if it just had my face. resting face, and it says I'm actually smiling, which is like this. No, because that that's kind of this like ironic thing. Okay. Anyway, last question. This is a good one. It's a bit of a doozy, but all right. Have you ever personally experienced or witnessed a situation to where there was some degree? Of uh, racial discrimination. Hmm. Man, um, that's that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I have friends uh, of other races, and we have conversations about this all the time. And and Brian talked a lot about it in a sense of uh, um, his view uh, of the world often looks different than my view of the world. And so there's sometimes, and I think this is the issue, Casey, at hand. There's sometimes I don't see the issue, 
because I'm not looking at it through the lenses of the other person. Mm-hmm. You know, so someone's maybe experiencing, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, some some type of you know racial whatever. I don't see it because I, there's no way that I even think that that's an issue, right? Mm-hmm. So there's been times where I look back and be like, oh, that was kind of weird, you know, type thing. And um, you know, I was reading this latest article uh, from a, a woman who's African American was on a Delta flight. And she's a doctor. Yeah, and I know the article. You right. saw the article, and and so this guy in front of her is choking or dying or whatever, needs medical attention, and the flight attendant gets on uh, the intercom and says, "Hey, we need a doctor." She stands up, <laughs> and is a doctor, and the flight attendant is like, "No, man, we need someone who's actually a doctor." So, you know, I I know it was an intense situation. I, there's both sides of the story, but that would be uh, an issue. Right. That would mm-hmm. be someone who experienced um, racism right there. Just the perception uh, of, you know, it's like what Brian would say. She needs to wear a T-shirt that says, hey, I I'm really am a doctor. But that's sad that we do live in a world like that, that we have a perception about people before we even get to know them. Is there any way to not even to necessarily to change that because you, you can't change something that's that scope, but any steps that we could take? as a people to help with that natural bias because a lot of what you just mentioned is natural even uh i grew up in a generation that was aware of this right i've I've even you know experienced in my own life some situations to where i noticed it or have been a part of it even how do we take a step into changing our mindset and how we perceive okay so i'm going to say this and i really think i really think this is the answer to your question even though it seems simple or whatever Brian and I talked about is that this is what Christ did. Christ stepped into our world. And here's what I find is that most people, a lot of people, uh, stick into their circles and their families and their friendship. And they don't really reach out or have uh, friendships, uh, meaningful friendships with people outside of those circles. And so uh, we need to build relationships with people who are different than us, that see the world differently, who are different colors than us, different race than us. When we have authentic friendships with people um, who are different than us, then we begin to understand their world, and then we begin to see it differently. And so my relationship with Brian is not important because he's black, and his relationship with me is not important because he's white. He's a brother to me. I love him to death. But being in relationship with him helps me certainly view the world differently, view people differently, and see things from his perspective and to be in dialogue with him. And so I would challenge myself for you and for people listening, people out there, that we have when we build relationships with people and love people, then we naturally are helping uh, with this issue. And this is what we can do. We can do exactly uh, what Jesus did, is step into people's world and love them and build relationship with them. That I mean, does that make sense? It does. So, so that's what we're called to do. We're called to be Christ. We're called to be Christ to the world. We're called to be Christ to everyone. We're, you know, when we see someone and we, we have a thought of they must be this, uh, how about the thought changes to, well, let me go meet them. Let me build a relationship with them. Oh, and by the way, Paul's not an angry resting face guy. He's actually a nice guy. I got to know him. You know, and so our perceptions begin to drop and we understand that this human person, uh, is doing great things and is amazing and I can love them. And so 
that's the challenge for us to be Christ to those people, be Christ to the world. So thanks again to Brian Greenfield for being on. Thanks, Casey, uh, for the work you're doing on the show. And uh, you can check it out, paulgeorge.la. It'll be up there as a podcast. And uh, we'll be back next week. 